Hello, everybody. Welcome. Once again, the Vineyard Community Church, as we continue on in a series we're doing called Living Invitations. We've been this part 11 now, so I will get into a series and stretch it because um, I keep thinking of things to talk about. These little sub-series emerge. And really what was going on, we just finished talking about the armor of God, and that sprung out of my initial discussion on hospitality. And that I said one of the things about being living, living invitations is, is uh, being hospitable. And that um, the way that it's a big way that we impact the world. And, and then I felt like we needed to engage, being aware of the spiritual battle we're engaged in on behalf of our neighbors, who, and our neighbors we defined as anybody who needs uh, God, which makes, opens up the field pretty much to everybody. So, uh, we, we've been aware of that, and I hope you will continue to pray on the armor of God every day, that it will become part of your routine. That was my hope in spending that many weeks talking about it. So just because we're moving through it now, don't stop with the armor of God. Let that be a normal part of your life. But I want to get back into sort of the main theme of hospitality. And I want to talk about hospitality in particular, um, how it relates to the grace of God. So we're going we're gonna to spend the next two weeks talking about hospitality, how it relates to grace. And then we're going to move into our actual mission and what that looks like. Um, because, you know, I, I said ultimately the church is about relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and our relationship to the world. And we probably won't hit them in that order. I want to get into our relationship with people in the world who need Jesus. So we're going to continue on in this theme and work on mission. But before we get there, I want to make sure we understand how it's founded in grace and how amazing the grace of God is. And uh, we're going to look at the story of the prodigal son over the next two weeks and talk about the amazing grace of God. That's the intro transition. What's the difference between a coyote and a flea? One howls on the prairie and the other prowls on the hairy. I'm sorry. I like that one a lot. Prowls on the hair. I forgot how to throw a boomerang, but then it came back to me. No? Last one. What happens when your can opener breaks? It becomes a can't opener. Can't. I thought that was maybe one of the best ones. See, I was wrong. I should have just stated too. Scripture reading here on purpose. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and then squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went, hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and get back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, 
threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Blessed be the word of the Lord. All right, so we're going to... That famous parable will be what we talk about for the next two weeks. And um, next week, we're going to more concentrate on the older brother. Remember, he had two sons? And his response, because unfortunately, that's often the church's response to what's going on. But this week, I want to talk about what's going on with the prodigal son, and in particular, the heart of the father to, towards the lost and those who have gone their own way, which is all of us. So point number one in your notes. I am, he says, the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Um, we're studying through Leviticus in, on Wednesdays right now, and there's a verse in Leviticus 19, 33 through 34, that applies to this very well. It says, when an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself, for you are aliens in Egypt... I am the Lord your God. Now, the people of Israel had been strangers in Egypt, but because of what God had done for them, they were no longer. God had come, if you, you probably know the Old Testament story, we've been studying it in detail, and uh, in effect, at the time of the Exodus, He had rescued Israel from 400 plus years of bondage from the Egyptians, and He had made them His own people, and He had set them up, um, to be his people, and it's, a, it's an amazing story, and it was all because of what God had done. They couldn't have done it in themselves. They would have still been stuck in slavery. God made it happen and made them his people. He said, uh, I am the Lord who rescued you when you were aliens and strangers in bondage and captivity. I am the Lord your God who made a home for you and delivered you into it. And because I did this for you, in effect, what he's saying is you to love the stranger who sojourns with you as yourself. Saying, because of all that I have done for you, and it was me that did it, you need to love the, the people that live in, in, among you as yourself. So, in effect, what he's saying is because of what he's done, we're, we're no longer strangers. I, I love that. He's, he's made us uh, his people. There's an opportunity for us to be his people. Now, when he rescued the people of Israel... You have to ask yourself, you know, well, why did he rescue them? Was it because of how good they were? Or was it because of how good God is? And in Psalm 106, 7 and 8, shed some light on this. It says, when our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses. And they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. That's why God did that. And, and that is a picture of grace. So this people had done nothing to deserve this mighty move of God on their behalf. They, they, in fact, they had uh, sort of dug their heels in, and they'd actually kind of settled in to worshiping false gods. And um, if you ever get a chance, to, if you haven't ever read it, go read the book of Exodus sometime and see how often the people of Israel complain about everything constantly, everything. They complain about everything. These are a group of complainers. And uh, nobody can relate to that, right? No complainers here, is there? 
I, I, you know, I stand back and say it, and then I get, oh, yeah, but we do the same thing. And, and you look, well, look, if you just seen the, the, the Red Sea part, right, who would ever complain? Like, literally two days after that, they're complaining. Two, after miracle after miracle, two days later, they're complaining. And, and uh, well, we would never do that. And yet God's done miracles and continues to do miracles all the time. And we, we quickly forget. It's like, you know, what have you done for me lately? And it's, a, it's amazing how fast we get there. But I want you to see that God moved in, in the Old Testament on behalf of His people because of who He is, not because of what they had done or because they earned it. And, and all this is about grace. And, and so we need to understand grace. Point number two in your note. Grace is the hospitality of God to welcome sinners, not because of their goodness, but because of His goodness. I want to make sure that we get that figured out and dialed in. Grace is the hospitality of God to welcome sinners, not because of their goodness, but because of His goodness. And the ultimate display of hospitality, which is why it's so important that we talk about it now, was the cross. That's, that's the ultimate display of hospitality. At the cross, Jesus willingly gives His life to provide an opportunity for everyone who believes to become part of the household of God so that they are no longer strangers and sojourners or aliens. Uh, they, they, they become His children. In Christ, then, what happens is we've come home to God. In Christ, we're one more lost child reunited with our heavenly Papa. That's mission for us. That's what we talk about all the time. And Ephesians 2.8 says, It's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. So as we talk about hospitality, the foundation for hospitality is, and always has been, the goodness of God expressed in His amazing grace. And this parable, this story that I read to you earlier, is a picture of His hospitality in grace with the prodigal son. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next. That's the third point, and I want to talk to you about the prodigal son. I want to make sure you see what's taking place on this journey. Um, and, and so while this parable is known as the prodigal son, it's really about the amazing grace of God. It's a, it would be much better if it was called that. But uh, everybody knows that the prodigal son, so we'll stick with that. And, and you've, you've probably heard the story, but, but just so we're all on the same page, page um, what happens in this? There's two sons, and the younger son is hanging around, and he, he, in effect, decides he's tired of waiting for his father to kick the bucket so he can have his share of the estate. That's, that's how rude what he's about to do is. You need to get it at his, the height of his rudeness. I can't wait any longer for you to kind of get out of my way, so I want what's coming to me, and I want it now. Trust me, that was no way for a child to speak or act towards their father then or any other time. But, uh, but he wants to go and do his own thing. And so this is what he does. So he goes and he tells the father, hey, I, I want my share of the inheritance now. And, 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 and just, just so think about how, how wrong that is. But see, relate to it. Because in effect, all of us did that when we went our own way. And all of us have gone our own way. We've all sinned. And every time that you've sinned, you've gone your own way. And it's in effect saying, I don't want you to do it your way. I want to do it my way. So that's, that's the problem, right? So, he, he, and amazingly, he goes to the father and says, why don't you let me have my share now so I can go and live the life that I have. And, the, and how amazing is the father? He says, okay. Well, he does it. He gives it to him. And the son, he goes out and he lives 
uh, a wild, crazy life. Uh, um, he's, he just parties and, and spends it all in, let's leave it at riotous living. We don't need to define it further. But he, he, he wastes his money. Uh, and, and until all the money is gone, and simultaneously the money's gone, and a famine hits the land. And so, so now he's in a strange land with no money. I'm making an assumption here that all of the friends that he had when he had plenty of money are gone. Because I'm sure while he had money, he had plenty of friends. Uh, and now he's all alone. Okay. And I hate it when that happens. And then the only job he can get is feeding pigs. Now, you, you need to make sure you understand the irony of that, too, in that the, the Jewish people thought the, the pigs were extremely unclean and would have absolutely nothing to do with them. And so this is the job he could get. And the, the best thing that he could see there was pig food. And he was so hungry, he wanted pig food, and they wouldn't even let him eat pig food. I don't know if you've ever seen pig food, but... Uh, it's not really a, appealing. And so, um, I'm sorry, my, that interference is apparently my phone, but I can't fix it right now. <laughs> but I, I got a text from the sound booth what the problem was. If it continues, I'll stop. But just wondering, what's he staring at? He's reading his text. That would be really bad. Oh, excuse me, I got a text I got to take care of. <laughs> Don't lose that thought. So... <sighs> It's like stage direction. You saying that again? Um, so, so I want you to have the picture. So he's, he's alone. He's hungry. Pig food looks good, and he can't even have the pig food. And, and then it finally says something. It says he, uh, he comes to his senses. Don't you love that? When you, you come to his senses. How many of you had to a, had a go a long way before you came to your senses in your life, before you came to know the Lord? I'm one of those people. So... Not, some of you had that figured out fairly early. God bless you. I had to go a long way. But it came to my senses. I'm so glad that, isn't it cool that with God there's an opportunity to come to your senses? And, and, so, and then it gets better. So, um, and what he says is, you know what? He said, listen, the, the people at my father's house, the servants, had a good gig. Way better than here. Yeah, and so he said, they don't even feed you pig food here. They had three squares. I'm going back. I know that it's a big risk because I insulted my father on the way out. Huge. I get it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rehearse what I'm going to say, and when I see him, I'm going to fall down at his feet, and I'm just going to beg him to take me back, not as a son, because I know that I've messed that up forever. Just as a servant. Just let me come in, please, and I'll, I'll just serve. I'll, I won't ever make another fuss. I just, I, I, I sent, you know, so he, he gets it, right? He gets what he's done. And, and he heads back. Verse 20 says, So he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now, why this is important is what it, what it pictures for us is that the father was waiting for the son to return. He had never given up hope. Even though he'd taken the big insult and his, his son had gone, he was, he was, he, you just have to know that his heart, his prayer, everything was that 
my lost son would come back to me. And he was watching. Just think about with everything going on, he was continually looking and watching to see if the son would come home. And when he sees him, the father goes running to the son. That's an amazing picture of the grace of God. He, he didn't make the son come and, and, you know, make the slow way up there on his knees, you know, crawling on broken glass, uh, you know, and, and he goes running to the son. And, and he gets a hold of him, and the son's trying to do his rehearsed script. You love that? Wait, wait, because it's the father's going, yeah, he sees him running. If a very, that's not something they would have done. He would have had to hitch up his dress for better life. Well, you know what I mean. And his long flowing robes, he would have had to hitch him up to go running. He wasn't like wearing running short. Hitch him, he would have gone out there after his son, and, and that was unheard of, and the whole thing. And he just gets a hold of his son, and he's just grabbing him. And the son's going, wait, 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 I've sinned against heaven and against, yeah, come on, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're back. And then he's calling the servants, we're going to party, get things together. He needs clothes, he needs sandals, get the ring back on him. He's my son, he's home. We're gonna have, get a calf. We're gonna we're gonna party. My son was was gone. He was dead. He's alive now. He's back. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And and I, I want you to see. And all those things that he was giving him, those were those were symbols of being welcomed home as a child, not as a servant. Family stuff. Family family robes. Family rings. Everything. Shoes. Everything was a picture. And. And here's what's important, is that the love of the Father was in place before the repentance of the Son. It's a picture of God's grace. The Son had to come to His senses. There's a need for repentance, but the love of the Father is already in place. So it's based on God's goodness, not on our performance. And, and God loves us even when we're out there doing our own thing. He still loves us. Romans 5, 6, and 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So He's, he's, he's patiently waiting for the opportunity to welcome His lost children home. And He loves them so much, He's made a way back possible. That's John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, our part in this, as we, as we move towards mission, and understanding it, and getting a hold of hospitality, is that what we need to do is we need to keep finding ways to let people know that, that the Father loves them, and that there's a way back. And it's because of Him and what He's done. And that, that they need to move to that process. That, that God loves them and wants to be in relationship with them. And it's a now and forever relationship. And, and he, he wants to welcome them home. And so this, this whole idea of hospitality in the kingdom is always motivated by the amazing grace of God. And so, so that's what we need to be talking about and sort of get in our hearts as we continue on in this journey. Now next week we're going to talk about the older brother because contrary to the father the older brother was not happy when the younger son when the younger brother came home at all wouldn't go to the party was mad at his father and wanted nothing to do with him and and the father lovingly goes after that brother that son too and says what's going on and the 
you'll see the, the, the older brother said, hey, I've been here and I've, all I've done is serve you. All I've done is work for you. No parties for me. None of that stuff. And there's no joy in him at all in what's taking place. And the reason it's important to get there before we get into mission is that too often the church becomes like the older brother and misses the grace of God altogether and gets all about, well, this is all the stuff that we've done, so we're really connected with him and we got no room for you. You're just a mess and you're, you're just doing your own thing and so we're writing you off. And yet the mission of the church is to help those people in. You know, and, that's, and it's the heart of Jesus, and you see it time and time again. And so we need to be those people. That's what it means to be a people of mission. We need to let people know that there's a way back to the Father because of the cross. And, and that they, you know, there's a part where they need to come to their senses, but, but we need to make sure that when they come to their senses, they know there's a way back so that they can find their way back to Him. And that's what the Father's waiting for. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead, but that's enough for today. And... Uh, We'll end it right there. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Appreciate you doing that. Um, come and visit when you can. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Put your, put your prayers in there. We'll pray for you.